Presented by T-Mobile, the official wireless partner of Odyssey Sports. With an awesome network and great savings, there's never been a better time to join T-Mobile. Visit your neighborhood store to make the switch today. I'm Sandra, and I'm just the professional your small business was looking for. But you didn't hire me, because you didn't use LinkedIn Jobs. LinkedIn has professionals you can't find anywhere else, including those who aren't actively looking for a new job, but might be open to the perfect role, like me. In a given month, over 70% of LinkedIn users don't visit other leading job sites. So if you're not looking on LinkedIn, you'll miss out on great candidates like Sandra. Start hiring professionals like a professional. Post your free job on linkedin.com slash recommend today. Can you hear me welcome, welcome, welcome to the Giannotto and Jeffrey Show. We're coming to you live from Memphis, Tennessee. My name is Jeffrey Wright. You can follow me on Twitter at JWright929ESPN. Dennis Fuller will be producing the program for us in just a minute. We've had to redo this schedule. We're going to be going live to FedEx Forum with Mark Giannato here in just a moment. The Memphis Grizzlies had their post-practice media availability. We got a update on Ja Morant. Update with a question mark, I suppose, is what we would say. We'll get the latest from FedEx Forum when Mark joins us here momentarily. Tim Murray of v is going to join us like he does each and every Tuesday at 2.40. We'll get some thoughts on the NBA playoffs with him as well as a little bit of NFL draft movement. I think we might have a conspiracy going. I want to ask him about it. We'll do that at 2.40. Mark will hopefully return to the studio during hour number two. We'll get into the list. Lots more after that, but now let's welcome to the program the Crystal Appeals lead sports columnist, the lead sports columnist of the number one sports section in the state of Tennessee, a top three sports columnist in the state of Tennessee, barely. Tied for eighth, best sports columnist in the United States of America. He's on Twitter, at MGianato. Mark, good day, sir. Jeffrey, can you hear me? I can hear you now. Okay. We did. You got me right in the switch to the uh, Bluetooth in the car. Um... But, yes, we are live from leaving FedEx Forum uh, after Grizzlies practice on my way to the studio. But uh, it was uh, – I don't know if eventful is the right word, Jeffrey. Um, but we did, get, we did get new words and images on the John Morant situation. We got enough to scrap the open that we recorded at 11.15 this morning. That's what I know. <laughs> yes. Um, so – According to uh, Taylor Jenkins today, so first of all, we walked in. Ja was in there when they opened the practice, you know, and just for, I guess, reference sake, they really only open it and let us watch them take free throws. Okay, um, let's, maybe... start, let's start right there. How okay. surprised were you to see Ja Moran at practice? Because I think that was like a legitimate question of whether or not people would see him at practice. Whether he practiced or not, Correct. my assumption was that we were not going to see him. It was going to be even just to, in terms of gamesmanship, yeah. you know. Um, I thought maybe we wouldn't see him, but we did. And it was very clear. While When we walked in there, his hand was not bandaged or iced in any way when we first walked in there, and he was dribbling a little. He was watching Tyus Jones shoot free throws. He wasn't shooting free throws, but he was like attempting layups with his left hand and dribbling with his left hand. And, I, you know, I looked very closely. I never saw him flex his right hand. Like it wasn't really moving. You know what I mean? Sure. Um, and uh, then it, he – It then, looked like his hand was hurting. Yes. Well, like if you didn't know his hand was hurting, I don't know if you could tell because he wasn't in obvious pain, but if you knew his hand was hurt – and you stared at his hand, you go, oh, his hand is not moving um, much at all. Um, and so there's that. Then towards the end of the open, like that open port part, they started icing it. Um, but then the real update came from Taylor Jenkins. Ja did not speak to the media today. Um, but Taylor Jenkins said that he, he said that he had an MRI. They did an MRI yesterday, and – it showed a re-aggravation of that pre-existing injury. Um, wait, wait, but, hold, hold on. Is the pre-existing injury the contusion? Yes, the contusion. Okay. So the bruise. Um, yes. And, you know, and, and today, 
Taylor Jenkins referred to it as a soft tissue bruise um, is what it is. No ligament damage. Um, like in, in, in actuality, when you watch the replay of what happened to Ja and then you hear how Taylor Jenkins spoke about it today, you go, man, ultimately like he got off real lucky on all this um, because it sounds like while we didn't see him shoot or dribble with his right hand during the open portion, he has now apparently twice tested it out um, since the game on Sunday. Um, and Jenkins said it looked, you know, ultimately like it, you know, it looked like he was doing dribbling and shooting with discomfort. And it's a pain tolerance thing ultimately with him, as Ja sort of noted after the game. Um, and Jenkins basically said, you know, he's officially a game time decision, and they are. Lit- it's literally going to be a case of, all right, listen, it's like a soft tissue bruise. Maybe you know another night of rest and you know whatever anti-inflammation medicine or whatever he's doing, you know whatever they're doing, ice, all that. You know, maybe it feels a little less painful tomorrow, and he can give it a go. Um, but they are officially classifying him as a game time decision. So, along those lines, a couple of things. I presume the MRI was done. So we did. The, they did the X-ray Sunday, and they saw no broken bones. I presume the MRI was done to determine if there were any ligaments being damaged, right? And then that came back clean too. Yeah, I would assume. Like I said, he the way Jenkins phrased it was the MRI showed uh, like essentially evidence of the reaggravation of the original injury of the of the contusion, um, the soft tissue bruise, um, and so uh, and and but ultimately. Like, it feels like he's, you know, if you're talking about, you know, a question I probably should have asked now that I'm thinking about it, like, it feels like, you know, in a lot of these cases, like, a player being cleared to play is up to the medical staff. It almost feels like this one's going to be up to Ja, and it's going to be like, how painful is it for him to dribble and shoot with that right hand? Yeah, and, and I guess the the overarching question is, when you were in there, did you feel any more or less likely about your stance that you believe he's going to at least give it a go? Um, I think I felt, I don't know if better is the right word, but like I, who were on the camp of he's definitely not going to play, I, I think what Taylor Jenkins said makes you go, well, you know, there's a chance he plays. You know, like I don't know if it's the – if we're going on a scale of zero to hundred, is it a greater than fifty percent chance he plays? Uh, you know, I'd probably put it below that. Maybe if you were being a practical, the practical sort. But you know, if you were a true betting man, if you will set in the well, line, that's, that's, what I'm, that's what I'm looking at right now. Let me see, let me see if there's been any movement. Let's um, see, because I know emotionally, as- emotionally though, what Taylor Jenkins said. I think gave you uh, reason to believe there's a chance he plays tomorrow. Let's see. I know it was at one, and the Grizzlies opened at one, or the Grizzlies opened as a slight favorite. Then it got bet to the Lakers, and right now it's showing still one. Yeah, there's not there's not been a ton of movement, so I don't really see yeah, anything I- line wise that would suggest one way or the other. I mean, listen, ultimately I think it comes down to, you know, what it feels like tomorrow. Like, that's what it's going to be. It's a bruise. Like, think about when you've had, like, bad bruises. Like, sometimes, you know, you you get a good night's sleep and, you know, the body does weird, you know, magical things sometimes. It's like, a you know, a bruise is so different than, like, a torn ACL or a, you know, whatever, or a broken hand. You know, like well, I mean, it's, it's, it's the biggest. Yeah, I mean, obviously, with a bruise, the number one thing is it could but, also be a thing where it lasts super long and you have no idea why. You know, like, well, I mean, anything, anything past a week, then I'm going to start to have my doubts. But I think the unfortunate thing is, like, with a bruise, the first question is, where is it? Jaws just happens to unfortunately be on his right hand, and if you're a basketball player, that feels like one of the worst possible spots to have a bruise. Yeah, and it sounds like it's like a really bad bruise. Like sure. I'm, not, yeah, yeah. I'm not trying to downplay the injury. Like 
I think, like, ultimately, I can understand if, like, he if it's so painful, he can't like flex his right hand, like, at all or much at all. Like, I can see why you wouldn't be able to play effectively that way. No, I I, I totally agree with that. I mean, I think a lot of it is. You know, I mean, isn't there some doubt in your mind? Like, is this a little gamesmanship? Maybe, yeah. I mean, I think there's certainly an element. Which, by the way, I'm not, I'm not, I'm not. In what regard? Gamesmanship in terms of he's going to play or gamesmanship in terms of there's no chance he's playing. They're just trying to create a seed of doubt. I think there's some gamesmanship of, all right, let's keep it in doubt. Right now it's in doubt, and it's reasonably in doubt. He didn't play after getting hurt. He did not play. It's very obvious he is in. He's clearly in pain. But like, I do wonder if there's like a. I don't know. Like, I just, I, I, I find it hard to believe he's not going to at least give it a shot. Yeah, but giving. Yeah, I don't know. I think we'll know. You know, I think I, it'll be interesting to see if they have shoot around tomorrow. Um, you know, or whether it's going to like I would imagine they're going to make the determination before you know. Before he had he dry, he shows up at the arena for the game, I would think. See, I was thinking I know more of warm-ups. It's a game time I, decision. I was thinking it'd be more of a warm up deal. Maybe, uh, maybe he does it privately on the practice court, yeah. stuff like that. Yeah, um, but uh, it'll I be guess, interesting. I, I, let's put I it on know. this. Let's put it on this scale. Do you feel? Do you feel better about Ja Morant playing tomorrow than you did when Kendrick Davis had the ankle at Houston? Um, like in terms of Kendrick Davis, oh, playing in that game, huh? Yes, the Hu- That's remember a good the question. the Houston game, which yeah, one? Yeah, yeah. he ultimately sat out. Um, I think I feel. I think I feel probably slightly worse on Ja because it's it's the hand and there's it's not as uh, it's not as dire. I don't know, like it's not as do or die. I know, like it is. A uh, I disagree. I think this is do or die. Ooh, yeah, if we want to get into tell the truth, if we want to get into tell the truth, you know, my tell the truth is game two is do or die for the Grizzlies. I think I felt better about Kendrick Davis playing, and he didn't play, to be honest with you. Yeah. But, like, you know, so I guess the question is um, how much what, – what, I'm sticking to what I said yesterday. I would say what's really cha- think, what's changed because you, you were pretty – you know, you were pretty optimistic that you think he's going to play tomorrow. Now it feels like eh, – Well, no, I think I'm think I, I I'm no I'm no different than what I was yesterday. I, I, I am being – I am overreacting and saying that he's going to play. It's probably more thinking with the heart than the head, but I think what Taylor Jenkins said today would make you slightly more optimistic than what you were. If you were someone who was saying, like, he's not going to play in game two, like what Taylor Jenkins said today I think gives you a little more reason for optimism. Like, I I don't think it's definite he's not going to play, you know? I don't think – I think – he has, it, it sounds to me like everyone seems to think maybe another day he'll do the trick. Yeah, I mean, like that, that is kind of the biggest problem. In the end, it's not like, a, okay, this injury takes this amount of time to rehabilitate. The problem is it's a pain tolerance, and not only is it a pain tolerance, it's a pain tolerance in his right hand. And I just cannot – I mean, I suppose what pain tolerance may be in a leg – Although honestly, wouldn't you? I think probably I'd make the argument pain tolerance in the right hand's worse than a leg. Yeah, because you have to shoot. Like, I mean, I mean, we like, talked about it yesterday. It feels like you can't just torn all that thing up. You know, like, no, I mean that's the other yeah, yeah. that's the other problem. That's another question. It's tough. You can't really ask like, hey Taylor, uh, is there like uh, is there like, is there like uh, something you can take um, that may or may not like you know come with a needle. Yeah, um, yeah. So it's uh, it's a fascinating subplot. I'll say this: this is my truth. I have a column up at commercialfield.com about this. Whether Ja plays or not, like this is 
you know, and I think underscored last night underscored this with him winning Defensive Player of the Year. It's Jaron Jackson Jr.'s team now, um, ultimately. Like, I don't think Ja is in a place physically or mentally to, like, be the leader of this group right now through this playoff run. Like, so uh, uh, l- l- let me let me clarify for you. Are you giving him interim status? I'm saying it's not it's not necessarily interim. It's just right. I would I prefer to say right now because I, I don't think anyone interim seems to say he's replacing someone, and I don't know if anyone had fully claimed it. Act, you know what I mean? Acting leader. Yes, acting. I think okay. is the better phrase. I mean, t- I don't want to get leader. super nerdy on you, but interim. If you go back to the Latin, it means meanwhile. So it's in the meanwhile. But yes, acting. Yeah. So this in is the, in the in the coaching parlance. Interim suggests something that that this I don't want to suggest in terms of him replacing someone. Um, I think he's just more. Yeah, it's like he, he's. Uh, he's I, I think acting. What if, what was the title for like Mike Brown uh, when the when the uh, when the pastor got COVID? Did they get? I think they called him acting head coach. Yeah, yeah. So, um, but he's been the best player on this team all season. And the most, frankly, as much crap as he gets from national media folks about his foul trouble, which is, I think, overblown this season, this season. Yeah, but that's um, that's also, that's just how national NBA yeah. coverage works. Somebody, somebody smart like Zach Lowe makes a point, and then because – the biggest thing that you realize when you consume national NBA coverage is they don't watch a lot. Like, they watch maybe the national games and they watch, like, the teams that – but for all the arguments of I'm a league pass guy, I don't see everyone watching every league pass game because, to me, like, that's what really stands out. Usually someone smart makes a point and then everyone just kind of regurgitates that point a thousand times in a row. Kind of like getting rid of uh, charges. Yes. Yeah. Well, those are activists. Remember. <laughs> yeah. Um, but uh, regardless, I will say though, Aaron's um, been the most reliable. The point I'm making is he's been the most reliable guy on this team. Oh yeah. Ultimately, this season. I mean, outside, yeah, he missed the first 14 games, but really, since he came back after those first 14 games, he's been the most reliable guy on the team. I think. I mean, to me, like the other aspect of it was. Do you think anyone on the Grizzlies played as well as he did Sunday? No. Oh, play on the Grizzlies? Yes. Like, played as well up to their capabilities, yeah. I guess is what you're saying? Clearly he was the best player on the team. Um, no. Yeah, <laughs> he I, was the only I, guy, I felt. And, and to me, this is kind of another another aspect. It's like, not only did I feel like from, you know, from the opening jump he was ready to go, I was super impressed with his composure I was super impressed with even when things kind of started to spiral. Like, I felt like when things were getting out of hand, like, he he tried to steady the ship. And, and I was super impressed with that. But the other thing is, I, I don't know, man. Like, I just can't get the his postgame comments about Ja out of my mind. And it's not like, oh, you know, he's, you know, Dr. You know, Dr. Dr. Jackson Jr., but, like, I did get the sense of, hey, man, it's the playoffs. We're all banged up. Like, it's the playoffs. Like, it's it's time to go. And that kind of speaks to me to, like, that's the leader. Yeah. Well, it was, it was – I would classify his post-game comments as kind of uh, just like, listen, like, I don't really – I don't really – you know, Josh says stuff, and uh, we'll see what happens. Yeah. Like, you know, it was like, like – it was basically saying, like, Ja is a bit dramatic about this stuff. You know, I know him, and that's what he is. And uh, we'll see. Yeah, it was and almost like shame on you for believing. It was almost like shame on you yeah. for asking and shame on you for, like, believing whatever was said. Yes, and I think today, to a certain extent, proved his point in that, like, you know, ultimately, like, I think, you know, the di- it feels a lot less dire than it did talking to John in the locker room that day. But, you know, he might miss the next game, but, like, ultimately, he's already been able to test it out. There's no, there's been, no, you know, and it's, again, it's not to diminish that Ja is in pain. I think he's in pain, but it's, there's, there's clearly nothing broken, nothing, no ligaments. Like he, you know, he, he by and large got out of this 
relatively uh, scot-free, and he might miss a game because of it. But I don't. It doesn't sound like it's going to be a long-term thing. And I think um, we've seen that several times with several different body parts when it comes to Ja. The initial injury or whatever the initial incident looks really bad, and then Ja, by and large recovers rather quickly or it's not as serious as you initially thought. And, you know, I think that that was the point he was making. Yeah. Um, I guess reflect, so. You know, but I think it was a reflection of, you know, his <laughs> – it was a reflection of what he knows about John Moran. Yeah, I mean, to me, the bigger issue, though, is, like, this game, too, to me, feels like do or die. It has not been a great team on the road. All year. And also, I just really believe with with LeBron getting up there in years and, you know, it feels like with Anthony Davis always being injury prone, like if they can knock the Grizzlies out early, like I, I think you're going to see a pretty good effort from the Lakers tomorrow. Like I think you might see max effort understanding the, the magnitude of the moment. And to me, like that's what complicates it even more. It's like if the Grizzlies would have won game one, I feel like it lets you it gives you a little more rope. Like, all right, if we need an extra day, it's it's much like the Kendrick Davis situation when we talked about that Houston game, where, you know, if that would have been a tournament game, I think we all agree he was gonna at least try to give it a go. But when you looked at the rest of the schedule, it's like it's you can sit this one out. Yeah. I just think what makes it even more difficult is okay, I think we're all accepting, even if Ja plays, you're not gonna get peak jaw, but the big question for me is, what's the percentage of jaw that you need that, like, you're yeah, willing... What's the, what's the cut line? You're you know, willing like, to go with it, because it's not just whether or not jaw plays, it's now, okay, if jaw can't go, that bumps up likely someone that didn't play until the last 30 seconds on Sunday, presumably Conchar, and in a do-or-die game, man, I just... I don't know if that's what you want to be rolling with. No, and you're and you're already, you know, it feels like playing, you know, like let's just be honest, like guys like Tillman, Tillman, if 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 Brandon Clark and uh, if Brandon Clark and Stephen Adams were healthy, either Santi Aldama and or Xavier Tillman would not be playing, and yeah. frankly. The other one who was playing wouldn't be playing as many minutes. Yes, completely um, agree. You know, so you're already playing both of those guys heavy minutes in this series. Who are, are and now you're going to, as you, to your point, bring another guy who, like in an you know ideal world, wouldn't be in your playoff rotation uh, at the you know. And so, um, and then you've got Roddy, who's a rookie, and you don't really know what you're going to get out of him in a playoff game. Um, and it's just like it just feels like they are. It, they're already playing too many guys who they shouldn't be playing. <laughs> and then if you lose Ja, you're adding another one you shouldn't be playing. Yeah, I mean, it, it is like another reminder of, and I guess everyone's like, you know, Grizzlies fans know it, but it's, it's very obvious. Like, you're missing two of your top seven guys. And now if you miss Ja, you'll be missing three, you know, you'll be missing two starters and then three of your top seven. Uh, yeah, yeah. So, and 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 from what I'm hearing from you, you don't seem to think that they are going to. The Lakers are going to be that team that uh, just. Uh, I don't think says, game you know, one. We're content. We're, we we stole home court. We came. We did what we came here to do. And uh, you know they. You know the, the Grizzlies come out hair hair on fire and. The Lakers, you know, ultimately close up shop a little early just because you know what we did. We we accomplished what we needed to in Memphis, um, and we'll go back to LA content to be one one. You don't think we're going to see that type of performance from the Lakers? Yeah, I do not believe we're going to be seeing the Timberwolves game too, where you know, like it's you know what I mean. Like they basically determine like when the Grizzlies had that big run in the second quarter. It's like all right, we already we've already got home court. Like let's get out of here. I do not think that that's going to be the case. I think you're going to see – I mean, I, 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 I think you might even see more of an effort from LeBron because, you know, we talked about it. LeBron's stat sheet looked pretty good, 
But like, and he had some chase down blocks. Like he had some like kind of, you know, kind of some cheater defense moves. You know, backside rotation blocks. But he wasn't exactly locking down on defense. And, and I could see where he thinks like we can win the series in game two. And he goes like max effort. Yeah, I mean, listen, he didn't even have to have a great game to win uh, win for them to win game one. Um, and I think ultimately. You know, they're going to have to play the same. They got to corral. They got to do a better job corralling the other guys, though, too. Um, as much as LeBron and AD are a focus, like those role players were a real problem. I'm I'm walking in the studio now, so answer, answer me this: What is? Do you think it's more important to like just keep your focus on those two star guys, or is it more important to corral those role players? So, I obviously think that you should. I still think the. Let's not let LeBron and AD beat us, kill us. I still think that's the appropriate strategy. If you have to make an adjustment, I think the adjustment needs to be, there needs to be more focus on Austin Reeves because it's very clear to me he's their third scorer. I'm willing to chalk up Hachimura is just, you know, he's an NBA basketball player that had a career night. I think you probably need to be vigilant if he comes out and looks like he's not going to miss again. But I still – I would not change my game plan on Hachimura. I would change my game plan on Austin Reeves. Like, I, I don't feel like what Austin Reeves did was particularly fluky. And to me, like, I still think if you play it out, you know, over a seven-game series, the best the, the, the best strategy is try to limit LeBron and AD and make the other guys beat you. Because in the end, that's kind of – I mean, I – like – Jaren, that's the other thing that was impressive about Jaron Sunday. It was not just that he got 31. It was very clear. Like, look at how many different like defensive combinations they threw at him. They tried fronting him. They tried doubling him. It was the fact that they clearly, like, they clearly said, "All right, we're not letting the Grizzlies get in the paint. We're having AD take that away, and we're not going to try to let Jaron Jackson Jr. kill us." And then it was almost like. Okay, well, there's not much we can do with Jaron, so let's just continue. Don't let him get in the paint, and then make him make him take threes. And I don't imagine that. The only thing that I think is interesting from the Lakers' perspective in terms of an adjustment, if Ja doesn't play, does that change their rotations? Because it seems like part of Vanderbilt being out there is to guard Ja. I think they they'll probably still start Vanderbilt, but yeah, I think. Ultimately, they played Hachimura more than him down the stretch in game one, and I think they'll be – I mean, that's what's – I mean, I think, like, when you look at that Lakers roster now, you know, whereas we're going, like, with the Grizzlies, man, like, uh, what options do they really have left to to play? You look at the Lakers, on the other hand, it feels like – it's funny to me that we all, and I I say myself, I include myself in this – and maybe this is too much of an overreaction after game one, but you now look at the rosters and you go, how could you think the Grizzlies in their current form had more depth than the Lakers going into this series? Because you look at the Lakers, they can come out, you know, they can play Russell or Schroeder, you know, like they have whichever one is feeling good that game they can play and is a nice playoff piece when they're on. The problem with each of them is they, like, have off games, but, like, you have two of them so you can, like, you know, feel out which one's playing well. Um, you've got Reeves, who feels like he's emerged as like a legitimate third guy next to AD and LeBron over the last month. Um, and then, you know, ultimately you look at the 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 rest of it. I mean, they've got Hachimura or Vanderbilt. They've got um, who am I missing? Who they like? They've got Davis, obviously inside and LeBron. But it just they have a lot of uh, different things they can go to. They've so- got. They've got what's his name, uh, Troy Brown Jr. Yeah. They didn't really use that much. Who, if they need defense and toughness, you know, like they've got a lot of options. So I think for a team that was like had a mangled roster at the beginning of the year, I think it's fair to say they have more options if they have to adjust. This is why I still think, like when we talk about, you know, whether or not Jaron should be acting team leader, whatnot. The this series comes down to the Grizzlies' best players have to play well. And I just did not feel like on Sunday, like, I don't, I don't think Dylan played particularly well. I thought he was fine defensively, but I don't, I didn't think it was like a lockdown defensive day. And 
Dez's numbers looked okay, but I mean, Dez had opportunities, particularly in the fourth quarter, to hit big shots that could have changed the game, and he didn't do it. I just don't think you're going to survive if you got what you needed out of Jaron. I mean, the problem now is with Ja. Yeah. I don't know. Now, you know, if Ja's not playing, you're going to need, like, Tyus and Kennard to play really well. I mean, to me, the the only adjustment the Grizzlies can make is go smaller and try to turn this into a shooting contest. Yeah. And add pace. That's probably – no, Jenkins emphasized that today. They got to get the pace going. Um, the pace he felt was at it was at the Lakers' pace in that game um, the other day. And no, there's there's a couple cards you can play. It's like they're they're gonna probably play the Conchar card if Jaws hurt. If you really want to go deep, there's the Lofton adjustment. There's the play Dylan at the four adjustment. I don't really know what else there is for the Grizzlies to play in this series with what their personnel no, restrictions they're, they're, are. They're basic. Their options are. Do we try to? Whereas keep, I didn't even mention Malik Beasley when I was just going through the the possible guys the Lakers could play. They also have Mo Bamba sitting on the deep bench. You know, I mean, he's the usable player potentially in a pinch. I just think it really comes down to: Are they going to try and say, "Okay, we didn't execute on Sunday, but the game plan was was fine"? It's to me because that's it's it's really a matter of are you. Are you willing to sit there and say, we think Tillman can be effective and useful? Because if the answer is yes, then I think they're going to try the same starting five and maybe. Oh, stick I think with- they'll start the same five. Right. I'm saying yeah. I think they'll start, but I, to me, like that's the other big thing is we've seen kind of a like people have kind of ignored it, but there have been times where there's been a quick trigger on okay, this isn't working, and mm-hmm. to me. Like their only other adjustment. This is, is the type of game where you're going to do that. Yeah, you're going to have that quick trigger. It's a lot of lot of different subplots heading into uh, heading into game two, starting with Jaws' availability again. If you uh, missed the beginning of the segment, Jaw officially deemed a game time decision by Taylor Jenkins today after practice. The official injury report, I believe, will come out 5 p.m. I'm gonna go. I'm gonna go. That translates to a questionable on the injury report, or will we get a doubtful? I'm gonna say questionable. Questionable. Yeah. yeah leave the door open. Yeah, slightly. I'm gonna say questionable. Um, but a, a game time decision, and he did over the past couple days and today especially uh, do a little bit of shooting and dribbling with that injured right hand, according to Taylor Jenkins. Uh, but they are gonna see how it feels tomorrow. That's basically that. That is the official status of John Morant. We're gonna see how it feels tomorrow. We'll talk more about the Grizzlies during hour number two. When we come back, Tim Murray joins the program. We'll get his thoughts on the NBA playoffs, some NFL draft questions, and more. We'll do that next right here on Giannotto and Jeffrey. 92.9. This episode is brought to you by Progressive Insurance. Whether you love true crime or comedy, celebrity interviews or news, you call the shots on what's in your podcast queue. And guess what? Now you can call them on your auto insurance too with the Name Your Price tool from Progressive. It works just the way it sounds. You tell Progressive how much you want to pay for car insurance, and they'll show you coverage options that fit your budget. Get your quote today at Progressive.com to join the over 28 million drivers who trust Progressive. Progressive Casualty Insurance Company and Affiliates. Price and coverage match limited by state law. Okay, picture this. It's Friday afternoon when a thought hits you. I can waste another weekend doing the same old whatever, or I can conquer it. I can hop into my all-new Hyundai Santa Fe and hit the road. Any road. The steeper, the better. Because my all-new Santa Fe is available with H-Track all-wheel drive, so I can hit the trail without a worry in the world. Heck, with three rows and best-in-class rear cargo space, I can pack the whole family in with all our gear. We've got available dual wireless charging for our phones, so we'll never lose touch with civilization, and we won't lose touch with the primordial power of Mother Earth. So which is it? Waste the weekend or do something a little more epic and conquer it in the all-new Hyundai Santa Fe. Visit HyundaiUSA.com or call 562-314-4603 for more details. Hyundai, there's joy in every journey. Call from mom. Answer it. Call silenced. Instacart knows nothing gets between you and the game. That's why they make ordering from your couch easy. Stock up today and get all your groceries for the week delivered in as fast as 30 minutes without missing a minute of the game. 
You have 47 new voicemails. Download the app to get free delivery on your first three orders while supplies last. Minimum $10 per order. Additional terms apply. Um, ESPN. Tim Murray is, of course, the host of VSIN Primetime each and every weeknight, airing from 5 until 8 Central Time. VSIN's college football and basketball's betting podcast. Download, like, subscribe. You know the drill. Um, Tim, I went on your show on Friday and said I still like the Grizzlies. Can I get a do-over? <laughs> well, you, you, oh, you come made... on. You, you've given up already, Jeffrey? I don't think – if. I mean, now we're getting the reports. Jaws unlikely to play. No, I wouldn't. Come on, where where are you getting unlikely from? Did you just Woj just informed us? Yeah, Woj just said there's not a lot of optimism <laughs> within the Grizzlies. What does he know? I'll tell you what this, does he know? Tim, I'll tell you this. I don't know how big of Mark and I are big wrestling fans. I still kind of am a wrestling fan. This would be a hell of a work if he plays tomorrow. That's how. That's the sense I'm getting. I'm just going to sit back and interview you guys and just get <laughs> get my information from my show tonight. You know, uh, I've got Fire the sources away. out there. Um, but, no, you, you did come on, and I wasn't oozing with confidence, but I, I did ask the obligatory, hey, about the getting rebounds thing, how's that going to play out? And we'll see. Uh, doesn't doesn't feel great right now. Um, and how many times did they show Stephen Adams on the broadcast? I felt like every time I looked up, well, like, I mean, he's well, there's injured Stephen Adams. He's a beautiful man. Yeah, he I really mean, he's is. breathtaking. He, he is a good looking fellow. Yeah. there's there's no denying that. I, I like those uh, those interviews, I, uh, the uh, commercials during March Madness. Were I still awesome, think though, for me, like I was kind of under the assumption they were going to get beat on the glass. I still think the more disappointing fact is that. Desmond Bain did not shoot the ball particularly well. With Dylan Brooks, you never know what you're going to get. Like, you, it's who who the hell knows. But Kennard wasn't really able to get a shot up. I thought they'd be able to shoot better than than they did on Sunday. And to me, like that's the whole question moving forward. Are they going to be able to get? Are they going to be able to get looks and hit them and hit them? Because I think they're going to get beat on the glass. Like that's just kind of part of it. I think I could also make the argument they're better off pro- probably trying to do bombs away because. This idea of driving at Anthony Davis and getting the ball close to him, that seems like a poor strategy. At least if it's bombs away and you miss, you got chances for long rebounds. So I imagine you guys talked about this quite a bit, and I know it was mentioned from a couple Grizzlies players because, well, they always have to talk. Um, They're not going to hit the Lakers, that is. They're not going to shoot nearly as well, I would imagine, right? Rui Hachimura. If Rui Hachimura goes, what, was it 5 of 6 and 11 of 14? 5 of 6 from 3, yeah. I mean, but I watched Rory, my, my, Rory at Gonzaga. He didn't shoot like that. No, and uh, I'm from Washington, Washington D.C. And you know, yeah. every uh, I mean, it's a I don't even know if that franchise exists still. Do the Wizards are they still a thing? Is that they still play basketball? Um, mm. Mark, but is Jaron is Jaron Jackson going to play as well as he did offensively moving forward? I guess I would bet on Jaron Triple J playing that level more consistently than Rui. So I would say that is a, a positive you want to look at that way. But I thought J, Triple J was was remarkable uh, in that game. He has been, ever since Jaw's suspension, like, I don't know, you didn't get 31 from him every night? I, I don't Probably know. Probably not. He has but you're been, not going to get 29 from Rui. Correct. But he's been, he has been very good offensively. And I would rather bet on that than bet on Rui. To me, the big question, though, is, are they going to let Austin Reeves? Are they going to let Austin Reeves torture him like he did? Because, like to me, I can kind of live. If you're if you're a coach, you can kind of live with what Rui did. Like, okay, mm-hmm. throw it away. The thing that would be disappointing is if you've been watching the Lakers. Like Austin Reeves has been a basically their third offensive option for the last month or so, and they looked like that they just never even scouted him. Yeah, I would agree with that. Um... Yeah, so we'll we'll see. I mean, obviously that second half, you know, I bet I bet the Grizzlies first half cuz I I expected them to come out and take care of business and the second quarter was 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 beautiful for me. Um and then I'm watching the as the you know, the second half on unfold or second quarter, excuse me, the second half and I'm like, "Yeesh." So, you know, that that's the beauty of uh, the beauty of these seven game series is it is a chess match, but you know, not to be captain obvious here. 
can't keep going back to L.A. down 0-2. So uh, uh, I think a sense of urgency might be out there uh, come tomorrow night. Yeah, and hey, they can, I mean, they're going to have to play the starters a lot more, I think, if Jaw's out. Like, ultimately, I think it has to be like a seven-man rotation if Jaw's out, especially in the second half. Yeah, but you know he's a Budenholzer guy, and I know, to, but like this is you know this no, is, no, I, I, I'm with you. I guess I'll phrase it this way: Is this the biggest overreaction that you've seen betting wise? Because it feels like the common theme was after they lost Game One. Okay, well this is over. It's all Lakers, and I'm I'm looking at BetQL, and they're showing right now just what's like 86 percent of tickets and money are on the Lakers. Um. Yeah. Was well, it probably. over? Is it an overreaction? <laughs> well, I think I mean, with the jaw. I think with the jaw injury. I don't know if it's an overreaction. I mean, the market has adjusted pretty, quite considerably to make the Lakers. I think they're around you know minus two eighty favorites to win the series. Yeah. It, yeah. Because and now they control home court. Um. You know, I think. For the Lakers, man, it would be it would be really advantageous to them to try to get out of this puppy as soon as possible, just because of their age and how the early. We we part literally of the said the same thing, yeah, yeah, right. I mean, think about how the series sets up. Yeah. Now you've got the jaw injury, but this is a team that is ancient. So and they've got you know Mister Glass who said he couldn't move his arm. Anthony Davis, I'm like, well, he broke his arm, and then, and then he's well. magically back out there for the second second half. Um, so I yeah I think the Lakers there should be urgency on their part to be like let's let's get this thing done because mm-hmm. once you get past game four it's every other night so that that plays into the hands of the Grizzlies in my opinion yeah and what and it's just not a you know I was thinking back I was like you know when John ja, remember when Ja got suspended and there was this sort of sense of oh my gosh this thing is just coming crashing down at least here locally and then they went out and beat the Warriors. Remember that on national TV? It was in Memphis. A no apparent reason win. Yeah. A no apparent reason. No one was expecting them to win. Now, I would say this. Despite them being like the Grizzlies' antagonist, the Warriors are a better matchup for the Grizzlies than these Lakers are, I think. Because of, honestly, there's no Anthony Davis on the Golden State Warriors. Steph Curry is a little different. Um, still, you know, Still no real answer for Steph Curry, but... Anthony Davis is literally at the the weakest point of this team. The weakest, you know, spot on this team right now is where Anthony Davis plays. Um and that's not a that's not good for the Grizzlies, but I'm not putting it past him to get a no apparent reason win tomorrow. Yeah, and it's not like, I mean, as as I'm sure you guys have talked about, Anthony Davis is playing at an MVP level and has been um, you know, I would say the past what two months as yeah. they've kind of gone on this stretch, he's been phenomenal. Even though, you know, I think mainly people want to talk about <laughs> just every time he falls, he looks like he's hurt. Which, once again, <laughs> it happened on, in the second quarter. But you, you still look at these surrounding pieces who are—they certainly seem to fit much better uh, than than what they had because, well, there's no Russell Westbrook out there. But that all being said. At the end of the day, it is Rui Hachimura and you know Austin Reeves and Jared Vanderbilt. These guys aren't world beaters, so they can be had. And this this is a Lakers team that has had some. You know, you think at the end of the season, there were some bizarre losses that they had in there, and you know, the, the Minnesota game they were, in my opinion, pretty fortunate to to escape that one. So this is not an unbeatable team by any stretch of the imagination, but. What we talked about, Jeffrey, when you jumped on my show, I, I just and you know to Mark's point as well, I just felt like this matchup, especially without Stephen Adams, was horrible because Anthony Davis can can really take advantage of of the the lack of size down low. Yeah, I mean, I, I'm not in the camp of like I just kind of was operating like there's not going to be a great answer for him. I thought the Grizzlies would have more counters. Like I thought they were going to run more on him. They didn't. Um, that's a problem if they're not going to run on them. But really, I mean, to me, like, you know, it, it was still, what, a three-point game with, like, 210 left? Yeah, and, they just got hot and hit, started hitting threes. And and to me, this the script was very similar to game one last year against the Timberwolves where, you know, they came out, they did not play well, they were flat. They The Grizzlies actually were more competitive, controlled more of the game this time than game one. 
and then they show up in game two, and you're just kind of reminded, like, okay, this isn't quite football. We oftentimes, like, overreact. Like, sometimes a team will shoot well one day, and then they don't shoot well, and the other team— Like, I think that's the other thing we've not gotten used to in the NBA, particularly in the playoffs. You see these results, and they're jarring, but then it, like, flips pretty quickly because so much of it's just predicated on shooting the three now. Well, I mean, D'Angelo Russell was unplayable in the play-in game. I yeah. mean, they, they, they had to take him out. You're like, he didn't play the end of the game. And they got 19 from him on Sunday. Right. So, you know, you look at that. Um, you look at Austin Reeves who really didn't shoot all that well in the play-in game. To your point, I mean, shooting is such a, a variant. There's no Steph Curry out there on the Lakers. What they, The consistency that they have is obviously Anthony Davis down low, LeBron facilitating and doing what he's capable of doing. Um and, you know, thinking back to the play-in game where LeBron was clearly gassed and was just making, in my opinion, you know, very uncharacteristic turnovers that nearly cost them that Minnesota game. So, you know, if if the Grizzlies can get out and go, even without Ja, which certainly is, is not an advantage there, um, but if they can get out and go and, and make LeBron seem like he looked against Minnesota, just kind of running out of gas, making you know turnovers. Then I think that's when you're in better shape to to pull off this. And, and let's, you know, I'll put this this way. You know, it's not like the Lakers are ten point favorites going into this game on no, Wednesday it's, it's night. Like a pointer, point it's, yeah. it's essentially a pick 'em. You know, there's there's one spot here in town that's a pick 'em. Uh, other spots are Lakers minus one. Obviously, there's no certainty that Ja is out. So if that news comes out that he's officially out, this line probably goes to I don't know three and a half, something like that. But yeah, this this is there's no certainty of this game. This isn't a situation where you're looking at like Boston tonight, who's a ten point favorite against the Hawks. All right, I want to switch gears with you because just a little bit of draft talk. What the hell is going to happen at number two? Are you buying this? I like, don't know. Like, I saw a theory yesterday, and I'm like, oh, this. There is nothing better for me than when football guys try to like be the smartest men in the room and just try to like smoke screen season. Like, I just love it. But there was the theory that the Texans are trying to make it seem like they don't want to take a quarterback at two to hamper division foe the Colts, and then maybe somebody jumps the Colts to get to three, and they're left with with not even having a choice at quarterback. And I was just like, this is the stuff that I'm in for. Because like on the one hand, like we talked about last week, I wish I would still be 25-year-old me. I would have hammered Bryce Young when it, as soon as he got to plus money, I would have hammered that because I'm like, he, he's the best quarterback. I kind of feel the same way about Stroud. Like if you can get Stroud anywhere close to even money right now at number two, like I still think that's what the Texans are going to do. What are they? Who else are they going to do the Davis Mills experiment again? I, I look. I, maybe I'll change my tune next week. I don't think the Houston Texans will draft C.J. Stroud. But I'm you're not, not you're not ruling out that he gets taken at two. Correct. Yeah. Uh, I do not believe the Houston Texans will take C.J. Stroud at two. Uh, from everything that I've heard, read, they're not in love with any quarterback. Um, now there's there's a lot of Will Levis buzz out there that the Colts love Will Levis. Maybe that's the smokescreen that Houston's putting out that they like Will Levis. I think at the end of the day, if the Houston Texans stay at two, which is Adam Schefter reported yesterday on ESPN that there doesn't seem to be a ton of interest around the league to get up to number two to get one of these quarterbacks, and there's a belief that the quarterbacks could drop a little bit, uh, not out of the first round, but just a little bit later in the top ten or early teens, you know, the group of four. Bryce Young is a, is pretty much a lock to go number one right now. Uh, the Tom Pellicero report from, uh, from yesterday pretty much hammered that home that he had canceled all his remaining meetings. The Panthers came out today and said, oh, yeah, we haven't made a decision yet. Not buying it. I think Bryce Young goes one. I think Will Anderson still goes two. Um, I, you know, I think the general consensus is I got to go quarterback, got to go quarterback. But, you know, Lance Zerline, who was the first one to have Derek Stingley going to the Houston Texans last year, yeah. has pretty much been all over that he thinks it's going to be defense. Now, yesterday he changed his tune a little bit and said, hey, they're trying to trade out. 
which is certainly possible. So uh, I don't know, and the betting market has no idea. Um, you know, there are three guys within plus two fifty, so it, it's completely all over the place. But I think if the Texans stay at two, I think it's Will Anderson, and then if I was forced to make a selection today. I would say Will Levis is the second quarterback off the board just because of the, the the recent buzz and hype around Will Levis. We asked this question last night. We were doing an NFL draft podcast on, uh, on the college football betting feed there. And I said, well, who likes C.J. Stroud? And we don't know. I mean, that's that's been so bizarre. This whole process was C.J. Stroud's going one. Frank Reich likes tall quarterbacks. And then once it shifted to Bryce Young's probably going one, it was like, well, who likes C.J. Stroud? Nobody out there has said through, you know, back channels or wherever has said we love C.J. Stroud. So we got we got another nine days until the draft. Plenty of things to, to kind of come to form here. But C.J. Stroud, as of right now, feels like is dropping a little bit, which is kind of crazy to say, considering uh, in the eyes of most talent evaluators, he's he's the clear-cut number two, if not the number one quarterback in this draft class. While we got you talking quarterbacks in the NFL, does Jalen Hurts' deal make it more or less likely Lamar Jackson and the Ravens figure this thing out? I would think it's more, Mark, but I don't know. I mean, it, it's almost like having... Okay, picture this. It's Friday afternoon when a thought hits you. I can waste another weekend doing the same old whatever, or I can conquer it. I can hop into my all-new Hyundai Santa Fe and hit the road. Any road. The steeper, the better. Because my all-new Santa Fe is available with H-Track all-wheel drive, so I can hit the trail without a worry in the world. Heck, with three rows and best-in-class rear cargo space, I can pack the whole family in with all our gear. We've got available dual wireless charging for our phones, so we'll never lose touch with civilization, and we won't lose touch with the primordial power of Mother Earth. So which is it? Waste the weekend or do something a little more epic? And conquer it in the all-new Hyundai Santa Fe. Visit HyundaiUSA.com or call 562-314-4603 for more details. Hyundai. There's joy in every journey. This episode is brought to you by Progressive Insurance. Whether you love true crime or comedy, celebrity interviews or news, you call the shots on what's in your podcast queue. And guess what? Now you can call them on your auto insurance too with the Name Your Price tool from Progressive. It works just the way it sounds. You tell Progressive how much you want to pay for car insurance and they'll show you coverage options that fit your budget. Get your quote today at Progressive.com to join the over 28 million drivers who trust Progressive. Progressive Casualty Insurance Company and Affiliates. Price and coverage match limited by state law. We really need new phones. T-Mobile will cover the cost of four amazing new iPhone 15s. And each line is only $25 a month. New iPhone 15s? It's better over here. Only at T-Mobile get four iPhone 15s on us and four lines for $25 per line per month with eligible trade-in when you switch. Minimum of four lines for $25 per line per month without a pay discount using debit or bank account. $5 more per line without auto pay, plus taxes and fees. Phone fee at 24 monthly bill credits for all well qualified customers. Contact us before canceling account to continue bill credits or credit stop and balance on required finance agreement due. $35 per line connection charge applies. See t-mobile.com. 